Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you can hear my nasally awful voice coming through your speakers and Kurt's wonderful glowing baritone voice velvety smooth velvety smooth that means you have downloaded the podcast we thank you so much for that uh if you can uh, rate and review even better unless you do a bad review then don't do that but you know what we like them either way I and guess. please do we're not just saying that yeah. please rate us please review us please share it helps I think this is a podcast that we will only be talking about joyous football things. Only positive things. And we'll be talking actual football. How about that? Real football. It's I mean, that's why happen. we started this, right? We're going to do it. Yes. It's going to happen tonight. Let's do it. Okay. You want to jump right in? Let's jump right okay. in. Okay. We got a little bit of housekeeping. Okay. Go so through. the housekeeping, this is positive stuff, correct? As far uh, as I have Big nothing negative. Everything and positive here. So go ahead. What? Okay, basically, these are all opt-ins. We've got what opt-in. They opted out. Now they're back. Back in. in. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Wide receiver Rondale Moore. Are you serious? Hot off the presses presses from Purdue. Offensive lineman Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Cornerback Sean Wade from Ohio State. They're they're serious about this year. Yeah. Offensive lineman Jalen Mayfield from Michigan too. So they finally they've got one starter back for Michigan, which is better than zero. I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back. back um, so I kind of, you know me, I'm a, I'm a D-bag like this. But in the last podcast, you're like, ah, I don't think a lot of these guys are coming back. I'm like, no, I think a lot of these guys are coming back. Yeah, and I we're, think. We're down the path now. I think of, I said, like, maybe a couple will come back. We're at, like, six or seven right there. Well, that was that was five right there. Five. Okay. Yeah. We so still don't good. have still don't have Micah Parsons. No, I would. Uh, by the way, you could. Quasi add Pat Fryermuth to that list. Yeah, he never was of. really out. I, yeah, but I don't understand. I, that doesn't count. No, but he's in. He's but playing. he is in. That's confirmed. Yes, I I want Micah Parsons back as well. Um, I think we all want Micah Parsons right? back. Pretty he, much. Yeah, he absolutely dominated the last time he was on the field. He had, I believe, it was 127 tackles in the bowl game. Oh, in that one game. In that one uh, game. That, is that a record? It was you know? an NCAA record. Wow. Just for bowl games. D- don't even remember that. Okay. Um, with like, I joked on Twitter with Rondale Moore coming back. He said he wanted to prove that he was the best wide receiver in college Ooh. football. And Ooh. I said, Hey, Rondale, I'm gonna confirm it. You're the best receiver in college football. Go, go ahead and go pro. There, yeah, we don't exactly. need you in the Big Ten West. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I want to see these guys play, but as an Illinois fan, boy, it hurts to have Bateman and Rondo Moore back. But overall, you want to see a I want to healthier see, league. Yeah, and I don't want to kick someone when they're down. With, with Purdue? No, I mean, just say, like, I want them at full strength. I, yes, I want to yes. beat these teams, you know, at full strength. I don't want to cheat. 100 percent so good to hear good to hear that those guys are back hopefully we get some more guys are back okay so this is our first podcast with teams that we're going to break down this is a two-team podcast we either do a two or three-team podcast this would be a a two-team podcast yep and we thought so we're going to do nebraska first and then the illinois your illinois fighting illini yep so a shout out to Nebraska fans. Correct? Absolutely, man. That's why we're doing them first. Right. 
They're number one in line because of the way they behaved trying to get football back, and we're victorious getting football back. So this is our homage to Nebraska fans. Okay. I might not be as homage as you in the Nebraska fan, you know, or Nebraska entity, because it's not just the fans. It was the whole situation. Well, it was, yeah. Scott Frost obviously led the charge. Bill Moose, president was all in. Fans were in. Players were in. You name it. Across the board, they wanted to play football, and they were the first and they were the loudest. Okay. This is what I wanted to I we we kind of loosely talked about it before. I don't know if they were necessarily the first. I th- I th- the first I remember anyone saying anything was Scott Frost. Scott Frost, okay. Technically speaking, you're right. Scott Frost was very quickly the first in. Okay. This is now as good a time as any to say that um, the we talked about it in the last podcast a little bit, but the national media has just gotten stupid off the rails. Um, well, they were always stupid. Now they've just <laughs> proven it beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's, that's accurate. Um, Pat Forty came on uh, Damon Benning's show. Mm. I should have told you about that. I'm sorry, I'm just dropping. Yeah, I uh, didn't know that. You, I, it, it was a good lesson. Um, they could have been, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know the other hosts of the show. They could have been more aggressive to Pat Forty. I thought they were. It's. You know, it's tougher. It's tougher. To it's just... tougher when you got the guys doing you a favor by being a guest on the show. You can't attack them too hard, right? Correct. Um, but they they asked him some pointed questions. Pat Forty stammered like a good, like a drunk, you know, high schooler trying to talk to his parents like he wasn't drinking that night, even though they, he knows his parents caught him. That's what Pat Forty sounded like quite a bit on that on that interview. Well, because he knows he's a hypocrite. <laughs> yes, he is. He is a gigantic yeah, hypocrite. And he's also just a miserable SOB. Well, you know, we've been saying that for two years on this podcast. That- and this has been an interesting thing watching Nebraska fans specifically. And not, you know, I'm going to take that back. I did a little poll behind the scenes. What I was going to say is it's been interesting watching Nebraska fans come to find out that Pat Forty is a D-bag. There was a good collection of Nebraska fans that were aware that Pat Forty was a D-bag. But maybe there is a, a just a general college football collection of people that have come around to understand just how miserable he is. Well, if there were some Nebraska fans that didn't realize that he's a D-bag, now there are zero yes, that realize. And, and nationally, I think, I mean, the guy has just ruined his reputation. I hope much. so. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he works for the greatest publication in the world. Like, it's a fledgling dying Sports Illustrated. I mean, after leaving the fledgling dying Yahoo Sports. Yeah. He's he's just grasping, man. He's just grasping. Um, So what I'm trying to we kind of bounce around a little bit, but um, certainly Scott Frost was the first one in. He he said we want to play in the Big Ten. If that's not the case, we will play a schedule. We'll play a team. Teams we will figure it out. He it wasn't like he was pounding the table saying, Screw the Big Ten. We want to win. Not at all. He did not say that. No. So, and I want to say Scott Frost was the first one in. I agree. The The Iowa parents were the first coalition of parents that then okay. pulled together. All right. I see that's, where you're going is here. Is that accurate? I think that's accurate. Yes. Then Nebraska, Ohio State parents. There were a couple mixed bag of parents. Nebraska that, fans are the ones that sued for information. Correct. Well, the parents. That Parent, sued. I'm sorry. Parents. Yes. Parents. Yes. So, and then the big stick comes in, which is Ohio, Ohio State, State sure. Ryan Day. So, and then they get applauded by the same people that beat hell out of them. 
so that's that is what I'm trying to say. Like, I I am not trying to. I'm not trying to talk down Nebraska's role in this. It was gigantic. Okay. Nebraska fans. I'm not trying to talk down. I'm just saying there were some other well, players sure. I mean, that were a part so, of it. Okay. There, I'm not hearing this from uh, Scott Frost or Bill Moose. I'm hearing it from Nebraska fans where they're like, we saved, we saved the big 10. We saved. The I big mean, 10. that's a little okay. aggressive. That's the one thing. <laughs> but if we out. know anything about Nebraska fans on Twitter, they're a little aggressive. True. Okay. okay. So I think and we I, agree. I think even Nebraska fans can understand yeah. that from Nebraska fans. But I so. think we agree on this. Yes, we, I think we mostly okay. agree on this. But in the end, it's great to have um, a, the the fervor of Nebraska fans. It's They've obviously uh, um, helped out the podcast numbers, followers yeah. oh, on yeah. Twitter. So we very much appreciate Maybe our biggest that. following. Pro- possibly our biggest following. Yeah. Um, we talked about Pat Forty as far as being a thorn in the Nebraska fan base's side, another thorn in the Nebraska fan base's side has been one Mr. Desmond Howard. Yes. Who was a wide receiver for the University of Michigan. Whom I've lost a lot of respect for. Yeah, I, I, I've gone ebbs and flows with Desmond, like I, mean, I why thought, does at it, one what, point he was getting dogged on more than he should have. This is like three, four years ago. Okay, and, and I, you know, I kind of defended him to a certain degree. I mean, there were times when I did too. Yes. Okay, and then it got to the point where I'm like, no, I really don't think I like this guy very much. Well, he he doesn't add a heck of a lot to that show. He not that I watch not. it anymore. He does but not. but when I did watch it, it just he I don't know. He's he just doesn't bring much to the table. He does really. not. He it's kind of like Howard Griffith on Big Ten Network. <laughs> Is that okay? Is that a good comparison? We better be careful, but yes, I believe that is a very good comparison. So, Nebraska fans, we're speaking to you right now, okay? Um, As you know, probably are sick of hearing it, I played football at Iowa. Or as I like to tell people more accurately, I practiced football (laughs) at Iowa, okay? Um, We have a special guest here today, and it is my brother, so I am Jeffrey the Greek, which obviously is a made-up pseudo name. So we have we have we have come upon a pseudo name for my brother, which is Doug the Carpathian. No, no. <laughs> and we can't spell it. None of us can spell it. Wait, what is it's, it? Car- Carpathian is no, from Ghostbusters too. What is it? His name is Doug the Carthaginian. Again, we can't spell that either. <laughs> So this is Doug the Carthaginian. Carthaginian. Doug Carthaginian. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. He of Carthage. It is such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. You guys take this incredibly seriously, and yet you don't. No. Which that... makes this the most enjoyable podcast that uh, I listen to on a consistent basis, along with my 16-year-old son, who is a devout listener. Now, to get on to the... Desmond comments. Well, let me let me set it up a little bit. Okay, so so Doug is my brother. As I said, I practiced football at Iowa. Doug actually played it. He started two years at Iowa in the early 90s. So shout out to our other brother who we haven't come up with a nickname with or for, but he also played Division One football. It just worked out that uh, Doug is here because of schedule. So you might be wondering, Nebraska fans, what the heck we are talking about here, right? Well, what we're talking about here is that Doug, in real life Big Ten play, 
lit Desmond Howard up like a Christmas tree. Yes. This is why it just perfectly worked out. We didn't even plan this ahead of time. Big Kurt and I knew we were recording already. It just so happened that you were in town. It's it worked out. Greek God got in the middle of all this. <laughs> oh, all right. You're a natural, man. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. So Big Kurt has not watched the play yet, correct? I have not, no. Okay. So, I mean, it's possible I saw it, you know, real time. I don't probably. know. It's possible. A long time ago. Long That's time right. ago. There was actually 10 teams in the Big Ten when this happened. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause we're going to let Kurt watch the play in in magical podcasting time. It'll happen instantaneously. So we'll be back in just a second here. You're back. Howard lost it. He had it and absorbed a whale of a hit from Doug. A 6'2", 190-pound sophomore from Keystone, Iowa. What a hit. That was a safety's dream. To have a receiver way up in the air like that. And Howard is running wide open. Gerbach delivers this ball just a little bit late. You see him take that extra step in the pocket, throw it a little bit high and behind, and boom! He got a helmet right on the football, which makes it extremely difficult to hang on to. So, there it was. Kurt just saw it for the first time. Thoughts? Poor little Desmond got blasted. He was hurting walking back to the huddle. You could tell. All right. Doug so. the Carthaginian buried his, his right shoulder pad right into his ribs. Just don't make me say it again. Okay, so set up the play. It was fourth. Set it all up. What, uh, what? It, the Michigan ran a – everybody ran it. It was called the pass back in the day, and uh, it was pretty common against cover two, two deep safeties, where the backside would run a, a post – and the, uh, the opposite side would run a deep square in, typically f- 15, 18 yards deep. And uh, everybody ran it. We'd all seen it 100 times. And Gerbach, and, and they you know, talk about it. Uh, hey, Elvis Gerbach. Everybody, a, a half second in a college game, a half pump, a second here, is a, lo- a guy can cover a lot of ground at that yeah, level. He, he fluttered it a little Just bit. A he, second, he floated it. He hitched and, it for a half yep. second, and then it w- didn't have a lot of zip on it. And... That's all it takes at that level, and you can you can make up some ground. And uh, I caught him, and uh, thankfully popped out, and it made the front page of the Detroit Free Press the next day, as the as we downed Michigan, which was a enormous thing because we broke all sorts of streaks, uh, homecoming streaks, uh, all sorts of uh, consecutive had had consecutive home losses. Got the monkey off your uh, back, the, so to, to speak. To list them out, Michigan. So coming into this game, Iowa was ranked 22nd. Michigan was number 10. Uh, had not lost consecutive Big Ten, Big Ten games since 1979. Uh, had not lost consecutive home games since 1967. And had not lost a homecoming games in 22 years prior. And all of that went down. Now, here's the Desmond take. Yeah. So I didn't like Desmond then, but that was because he played for the opposite team. Pretty, uh, sure. You know, why not? I did a little angst and animosity towards the uh, opposing uh, team. Now I just don't like him. Your politics bore me. Your demeanor is that of a pouty child. And I didn't, he was the weakest link by far on college game day. It's not even, I mean, there's, there's troublesome stuff with Tom Rinaldi and it gets a little old. Did he make so, any whining noises or anything as he was going back to the huddle? Yeah, he did. It, he, oh, it hurt. And, so you could tell. Oh, it, it hurts. He was shaken up. He was shaken up, and it's and he squilled like that. And uh, 
Hey, Nebraska, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. There. I mean, that's what that's what the Eyes on Big brings to the table. I mean, know? that's some real inside stuff right that's there. That's some real isn't it? inside Desmond Howard painful yeah. stuff. Hey, we, we do our research. Nebraska fans, you hate Desmond? We deliver. Every I mean, this is the power of 2020 bringing together once again the Iowa and Nebraska fan bases to have some sort of goofy glue for us. You know what? But it's not just Iowa and Nebraska. Have you no, noticed the entire is. Big Ten has banded together? All the fans are kind of sticking up for one another. I so not sh- not across the board. No, They're- not across the board. That that's never going to happen. I mean, I never want to live in a day where Ohio State and Michigan fans are chummy. That just that's the Fair. weirdest thing to ever think about. Um, Shout out to, I'm not even sure if I'm going to get his name right, but um, my boy uh, Stingray, SEC Stingray. I was on a Facebook Live interview for him. Stingray has been on Tosh 2.0. Tosh.0. Tosh.0. Tosh.0, I believe, is is the name of his program. Um, So he's got his own Facebook Live show. He uh, interviewed me. We kind of talked about this stuff. Like, never did I think I would ever you know, kind of cheer for the SEC, but here we are in 2020, kind of the same stuff. And we talked about this, like right now, there's no team in the big 10 that I just hate. No, I don't. I just, it. I'm sure once the pads start popping sure. on our TV screen, I hope that my animosity towards certain teams comes back. But right now it's just not there. I just don't have it. But I, I'm going to officially say, you know, I I've had my, my plan B team has been the Hoosiers in the past. When Illinois is not playing well, I just, you know, put everything in on the Hoosiers. This year, it's Nebraska. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to go that far. I, I don't blame you. I get <laughs> to it. To be honest with you. I get it. But uh, mine will still be. Mine, mine has always been Penn State for my number two team. It continues to be Penn State. Because Penn State is another team that deserves a shout out for. Yes. They definitely were loud enough. James Franklin, a lot of the. Fan base for sure wanted to play football, so I believe they deserve some respect in it too. Absolutely, top okay. four: Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, Correct. leading the charge to return to football. And as a precursor to some of these teams that we will now start talking about, as we officially get into our team breakdowns, their seemingly not gigantic desire to play tackle football might play into my overall feel for that team. Mm. Do you got some of that too? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's some of that. Yes, I have some of that. Okay. For we'll sure. Break that. We'll get more into that as we go through the teams. Obviously, it'll play even into when we do our uh, 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 conference predictions towards the end of the uh, podcast segment. So, okay. All right. We All ready right. to jump into Nebraska? Let's jump into the Nebraska Cornhuskers 2020 version. All right, so before we get into breaking down Nebraska, want to uh, give a shout out. I don't know how to say it, but um, Scott Frost, father Larry, died just recently. Um, so sad news. Wanted to throw that out. I think he was um, battling a cancer for a while. Um, Scott Frost keeps his family off limits. So we just found out. Um, quite the Husker legend. Played for Bob Devaney in the late 60s. The Frost family is kind of a coaching tree in their own around Nebraska. Um, Pretty interesting. (laughs) At the funeral, Scott Frost had what is a funny comment at the funeral saying, you know, it's good that my dad wasn't coherent enough 
in the last couple weeks here because he would have been so disappointed by the Big Ten. So even at his own father's funeral, Scott Frost definitely open to uh, throwing some shade at the Big Ten Conference. All right, here we go. So we are into the first team podcast. Again, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, you get the first uh, crack at it. You deserve it. With that being said, your first, you know, your first pass as a quarterback at the start of the football season, probably not going to be your best pass of the year, correct? Yeah. Maybe even the first game, right? You, they I'm glad say we brought you, this up. They say you learn the most between your first and second game. Correct. So, Nebraska, you're first in, so congratulations. We will probably be the roughest of any of the other yeah. 13 teams right here. We apologize. And by the way, what are you drinking tonight there, Greek? I'm drinking bourbon. What do you got? What kind of bourbon you got there? I'm, dr- I'm specifically drinking Bullet, oh. which was gifted to Big Kurt from Doug the Carthaginian. No. I'm also drinking bullet. I'm drinking neat personally. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. I've got ice in mine, which is cheating from your point of view, but well, I don't a little know. Bit. Cheating. You got the big brick of ice. That so then it's okay. No, I'm that's cheating. That's cheating. If you just throw just a little this one piece of ice in there, just one one cube, not cheating. Okay. Still I still consider that neat. Whenever we branch off into food or drink, that's that's when we start arguing. We need to dial it back. Yeah, let's yeah. let's okay. focus. Let's on just get into football. Here. This is what they deserve. Okay, so what do we got here? Last five years for Nebraska, twenty eight and thirty four, which unfortunately works out to a average of a six and seven record. Their high was a nine and four in two thousand sixteen. That's almost off the board here for our last five years. Low is four and eight twice. Last year, five and seven. Scott Frost is the head coach. He is in his third year. Defensive coordinator is Eric Chenander. Also in his third year, he came over with Scott Frost. The big change in the coaching staff would be offensive coordinator Matt Lubick. First year, very much a coach that Nebraska fans are very, very excited for. Yeah, obviously. Yep. So what does Matt Lubick have to work with on offense? We'll start on offense. We think he's got a lot. Nine starters on offense. Last year, total offense, this might come as a surprise, was they were 55th in the country for total offense, 416 yards per game. Scoring offense, maybe even more of a surprise, 72nd in the country at 28 points per game. Yet, there are reasons to be very excited for this offense. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the first reason to be excited for this offense is the offensive line. I mean, they've kind of un- underperformed, but now they're they're veteran. They've got four returners. Three of them are seniors. And they got a highly touted freshman starting at right tackle. And what we're talking about is Bryce Benhart starting. This was a huge recruit by Every bit of information we can pull, he is a huge recruit that has come through on the field as well. I mean, we haven't seen it on the field of play, but in practice, it seems to be very good. I wonder how many people outside of the Big Ten, even honestly outside of Lincoln, understand that this was a pretty darn good offensive line by the end of 2019. Yeah, I mean, they improved a lot. If you look at their overall numbers, uh, 30th overall in rushing, which seems, I mean, I, I think back to them last year, I wouldn't have guessed 30th, but they're 60th in average per run. 
So not great. Gave up a ton of sacks last year. Hundred two. Hundred and second in the country giving up sacks. So I'm challenging offensive line coach Greg Austin. This you have good personnel. I want to see a good offensive line this year. It's a honest question. Um, Nebraska fans like Mr. Austin as their offensive. I'm not line saying they coach. shouldn't. Right. I'm just, but I'm just saying they still believe in him. Uh, one stud that you have to point out is Cam Jurgens at center. He had a rough start to last year, but kind of you know systematic of the whole offensive line. By the end of the year, Cam Jurgens, I don't know, he could have been the most improved, not just offensive lineman in the Big Ten, he might have been the most improved human being in okay. the Big Ten by the end of the year. Do you think that's partially because they kind of dedicated themselves more to just a straight-up running game towards the second half of the season? Which gets us into the philosophy. The, yeah, How do you feel this, about the scheme? This, I mean, we might be starting out with one of the more interesting teams to talk about with the Nebraska Cornhuskers because, okay, I'm going to go back to the Ohio State game with Nebraska yep. last year. Obviously not good memories for Nebraska nope. fans, but there was a moment in that game where they went old school, mid-90s, early 90s, Nebraska, sure. and they were running between tackles. They right. were running quarterback option quarterback uh uh bellies it was and it it was working. it was working right right so i i just wonder it's not 20 stop but it's they? not i don't know but it's not 2010 anymore right the chip kelly offense defenses have caught up to that so he, he's a disciple of chip kelly i don't know are they running the right scheme here this is what okay we're we're kind of going off the rails here but this is the conversation because the crazy thing about this is we the whole Nebraska offense coming into 2019 get to the perimeter right get the ball to the outside correct to the receivers move it uh, out laterally yep. but, as, as but what to, were they best at last year running it straight up the far, for the, the freaking gut yeah between the tackles and yeah. that and they got the running back to do it and I think they got the offensive line to do it and of course we're talking about running back Dedrick Mills who transferred over from Georgia Tech. I Georgia mean, he's Tech, a Nebraska guy then, now. Then but, JUCO and yep, to Nebraska had some issues, but man, he 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 was their bell cow. He could have he could I think what we're getting at he could have been the bell cow. I believe for all of 2019, he did not become the bell cow until the last four games of 2019. Was it four? Was it four just or four? Five, okay. I mean, kind of the. I mean, if you really broke down Nebraska last year you're kind of breaking it down into thirds. They were a different team mm-hmm. kind of towards the end of the year. I know it didn't necessarily no, they were. equate to wins. I mean, it was Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa to end the year. They lost two of those games, but they ran all over Wisconsin yes. last year. People tend to forget I that. I think uh, Mills had 188 yards versus Wisconsin last year. That's right off the top of your head. You got that? That you was off the top of my head, yeah. That was pretty good. Okay. We might be the weirdest nebraska breakdown podcast of all time because we've already gone five to six minutes in and we haven't talking about adrian martinez we have not but before we get there yeah ruckmere johnson every nebraska fans are so excited so he's a change of pace change of running back so you got diedrich mills power guy ruckmere johnson is the speed guy you're going ruckmere i'm going with (laughs) ruckmere that's the thing is that a thing now i'm doing it okay i'm just gonna say ramir i'm I'm going to (laughs) ruckmere That's where, but very much Nebraska fans are excited for Ramir Johnson this year. Big time, big time recruit. Yes. I don't think there's any denying speedy speed for days. He's got speed for days. So, okay. Now 
we got to get into the quarterback. Scott. Absolutely. 2 a.m. Let's talk about him. Okay. I, sometime in the offseason during freaking quarantine or wherever the hell this year has been, I watched an old, uh, not old, a 2018 Nebraska game. I don't even remember which game it was to this point. Well, after this year, it seems old. <laughs> yes. Anything before March seems ancient times. Um, that 2018 Adrian Martinez was electric. Well, that's why last year I remember vividly saying in this podcast, the Nebraska preview, this is going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten this year. That's what I expected to him last year. And as an Iowa fan, I didn't completely agree with that. But inside, I was a little bit scared. I had a little bit of yeah. a butthole puckering up sure. factor. I'm like, oh, God, he's he's going to be that good. And he was that good for much of 2018. Yes. There was injuries in so, 2018. Okay, how much do you think was injury? I have no idea. How much do you think Are we was... getting into 2019 now? No, because ta- we, we, yeah, we know 2019. there like, was a regression. He, he wa- There was a regression. There's no debating that. I wonder how much was injury, how much was just... We don't know. Scott Frost made this offhand comment about him maybe not concentrating as much. But I expect him to come back to form this year. I do. I still have faith in him. I don't know what to expect this year. Okay. This is part of why I think Nebraska is one of the most intriguing teams, certainly in the Big Ten West, not in possibly the whole Big Ten, because so much of it is wrapped around Adrian Martinez. Because here, here's my thought process. The positive side is what you just said. If he just is healthy – and has weapons, which we're almost going to get to because there's mm-hmm. because in 2018, Divino Zigbo was a hammer. He, he was awesome, and there was two good receivers. Yes. on the outside, and absolutely, it worked. Along with Scott Frost playing the uh, calling the plays, it worked. Right last year, you take away a, a Zigbo, the receivers regress, like the offensive line. Okay, obviously those things affect the quarterback. Right, quarterbacks are human beings as well. So. Now we think that it's possible that with um, um, Diedrich Mills and the receivers, which we'll get to in a second, that we're, the offensive line is improved. The, the part that is not such a confidence-inducing thing if you're an Adrian Martinez fan is open receivers. Yeah. Throwing the ball essentially down the field, 15, 20 yards plus. Mm-hmm. It did not look good this year. I would not be confident if I were a Nebraska fan, not only on how that's going to look in 2020 or just beyond with Adrian Martinez. Well, okay. And is that fair? That, that, that's fair, but let me, okay. Let me pile on a little bit. They lose JD Spielman. We know that, right? They've got Wandale Robinson, all purpose guy, great talent. After that, they've got, they've got to rely on a lot of young guys. So those young guys, Xavier Betts. Yes. Alante Brown. Marcus Fleming and Omar Manning, yep. all unproven, but they all have really cool names. So they that's going to work for Oh, them. I like that. They do have great names, yeah. don't they? It's an all-name wide receiver group. So all those guys that we just named have potential, right? That's Well, they're all highly ranked recruits, But every one of them. Omar Manning right now, you know how there's always that player for every team that the, the fans just can't stop talking about? Yeah. Omar Manning is at a level even for this. Think about the weight of what I'm trying to say. right? Okay. Even for Nebraska fans, Omar Manning level of expectations is 
Like he has to be like Megatron, like athletic ability with Jerry Rice route ability with Steve Largent hands. Like okay. that's what Omar Manning is to Nebraska fans right okay. now. Okay, I'm gonna go with a with a Nebraska fan deep cut. Alante Brown is the deep cut for Nebraska fans. Sure. He's the sneaky guy sure. that everyone thinks is going to be really productive. Yes. I, I felt like at one time he was, and Xavier Betts is up there too. Like they've, they've all put a lot. Well, Xavier of, Betts is the highest ranked guy. So yes. everyone expects a lot okay. from him. Right. But, but Omar Manning is Omar Manning's the next level down Nebraska fan. It, this is the guy. No, no, Xavier Betts is good. This is the guy. The next level down the super deep cut <laughs> is Alante Brown point we're trying to make is there is some talent that we have to look at here. It will be intriguing to see how it comes together and actually, you know, comes to fruition on the football. Now let's talk about the tight end position. Yeah. Okay. Because I think they're loaded, especially they have a duo of Jack Stoll, who I liked last year. Yep. Solid. They bring in Travis Vokalek from Rutgers, who I loved when he was a freshman at Rutgers. He is eight foot four inches tall. Oh, he is? Yes. Does he have acromeglia? (laughs) I don't know. I'd have to look into that. It's a disease where you, your pituitary gland just goes out of control and was, you can't stop growing. Who was the tallest guy in the... He was from Alton, Illinois. The tallest guy in the world? Yeah, from uh, Alton, Illinois. I can't remember his name. In the Guinness Book of World Records. Yes. Yeah, I just always remember he's like standing by a guy in, on like a, on a motorcycle or whatever. Wait, let's pause it because I want to. I want to. I want to find his name. Okay, we got it. It's Robert Wadlow from Alton, Illinois. It's from Illinois. Born I had on the no uh, 22nd of February, 1918, measured at uh, 8 foot 11 inches tall. Shut the front door. Eight. He was 8 11? <laughs> so here's a little fun fact about Alton, Illinois, too. They have a albino squirrel population. I swear to God. What is happening here? Sounds like they also have a nuclear reactor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Doug, the Carthaginian. <laughs> All right. Anyways, tight ends, tight end group. We got the tall Mr. Bulkalek, and we got we got some talent in the tight end. Well, I so re- remember how bad that Rutgers team was. So he played in 2018. He was a freshman, right, at Rutgers. He he had to sit out last year. Man, there was a drive, and maybe I'm just making too much of this one drive. He owned. The other team, I don't remember who they were playing, all the way down the field. He just was open on every play. They just went Vokalek, 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 Vokalek. He dominated. Okay. But other and, than that, he was good too. And and Austin Allen also is a guy that has been rumored to be yes. have the ability to take over a game like that. So good point. I think what we've gotten to is there is a ton of weapons on this offense. Ton of talent. Yes. At the at the skill position, ton of talent, but they've got us young guys have to step up to be for them to really be good this year. Which gets us all the way back to offensive coordinator Matt Lubick. Another he's almost so that's a up, good point. he's almost up to Omar Manning levels for Nebraska fans Is for he? how much they expect out of that that person, that position, whatever you want to say. And they're not learning a new system, but they're getting used to a new coordinator. Yeah. So it's not starting from zero, but there's there's Matt some Lu- Matt Lubick is considered the mad scientist behind the scene deal. So we will see. Okay. That's probably a lot enough time on the Nebraska offense. Unfortunately, Nebraska fans, that means we have to switch to the other side of the ball, which is the Nebraska defense. Um, 
Okay, so we're still running a 3-4, right? We still have Eric Chander calling the plays. Yep. Um, we'll break down personnel a little bit. It is, we we are not big hot seat guys, right? We don't no. like hot seat rankings. We we're anti-hot seat rankings. They're so stupid and trivial and, and usually wrong. Right. Um, Eric Chander needs to have a good year. Yeah. Is well, that he fair? does, but okay. They play an up tempo offense, so they're never going to have a great statistical defense. They were average statistically last year. Yeah. So we think we're going to call nine returning starters on offense for Nebraska. We think it's fair to say there's there's four on defense, and yeah, but I think that's- three of them three of them are in the secondary. So let's start on the positive with the the Nebraska defense. They have at worst a solid defensive backfield right at best they oh, have a very that, very good defensive backfield. i think they have a good defensive backfield so one of and they had a good defensive backfield last year and that's without safety deontay williams who got hurt early in the year right i think it's fair to say that he's the best defensive back out of the entire hmm. group interesting and yep. so also they got noah pola gates yep. who's basically not slated as a starter so i think they but, have got a little depth there too yep markel desmuke uh DiCaprio boodle cam taylor Britt. i mean this is a talented secondary no doubt but as anybody that played in the secondary can attest to that's all fine and good but <laughs> you need to get pressure with the front seven correct i am a big believer all right you guys call me crazy but I feel like a big part of a defense is getting off blocks and tackling people. Of course it is. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I have not seen a ton of getting off of blocks and tackling out of the Nebraska defense. So you're saying you're saying that that's a big they are not good at shutting blocks. It's what I like to see, and I haven't seen enough of it. Interesting. As a, okay. Okay, but but let me talk about the linebackers a little bit. Because they only got technically one coming back, Colin Miller. But Will Honus played a lot last year. Yep. JoJo Doman played a lot last year. Yep. Caleb Tanner played a lot last year. Yep. I mean, I mean, Nick Henrik, who's not slated as a starter, he played a lot last year. Yep. There's there's potential there. So to to say they had four, they have four returning stars on defense, probably unfair. There's been a I lot think of so. spot. You could probably pop it up all the way to six and probably be more accurate. So here I'm going to get a little bit tough, Okay. Even if you popped it up to six returning starters, I don't know if they have six quality starters when it comes to the defense. You don't think they have six quality starters on defense? From what I'm looking at from last year to this year? I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Go, so over the numbers, 64th in total defense. They gave yep. up 389 yards a game. Scoring defense, 66th, almost 28 per game but again they've got an offense that's up tempo they're never going to have great defensive okay. numbers like iowa or traditionally michigan state wisconsin teams like that so what you're saying is they just need to be a defense that gets in the way of people yes and that's good enough i think so okay. as long as the they're as long as their offensive is clicking i mean to me the whole philosophy of this team is score a lot of points and just slow down the other offense yeah. you ever have any of those games that you watch where you're gambling on a team that has that and you realize there's two and a half minutes left and they have a four point lead. And what do you think to yourself? Wait, so is this about gambling or is this is about, always about, about gambling. <laughs> is this about the Huskers? Okay. It's about gambling. Same thing. Okay. So, but you know what I'm getting at, right? Like 
at some point your defense has to make stops. They just they have not made an, they have not made enough well, of them last two years. And a criticism I have, I compare them to Wisconsin defensively because they both run a three four. They're both in the West. They're the, the only two th- true three fours in the West. Their linebackers do not look like Wisconsin when you watch them. Right. So Ben Stilley, solid. Right. I think Damian Daniels, solid. We need Keem Green to be the player that he's kind of to a certain degree, the player on defense that's up to Omar Manning's level is not that high, but somebody that they expect to, to step up as far as the linebackers for the next level. Garrett Nelson was a fan favorite. I think maybe he's dropped off okay. a little bit. Nick Heinrich is the guy or Henrik is the guy that I think they see. I feel like we could just keep pulling names out of the front seven bag outside of Ben Stilley. I want to give him a shout out. He's solid. He is okay. exactly what Ben Stilley is supposed to be. Okay. okay. And I think you could probably put Damian Daniels in that same book. We're going to need more flashes of names in that front seven to make this defense work. Okay. Well, one of my concerns is the front three, not the front seven. Yeah. Front three don't return starters. Don't have a lot of experience. Don't have a, have a lot of depth. And if you're running an up-tempo offense, you got to cycle in defensive linemen regularly. So that's what scares me. Agreed. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Well, hold on. What about what about special teams? Let's not forget yeah, special, special teams. teams. Okay. All right. They have, they no have re- a kicker now. I think they have a kicker. Well, they do, but they have no returning specialist starters, right? So they, they even their long snapper is new. Kicker's new. Punter's new. And they have not, let's be honest, have not been good on special teams. I would say that saying they're not been good on special teams is still pretty, pretty generous right there. It's been okay. It's been bad. Keeping in mind, this is my plan B team. Don't kill me here. Okay. All right. Ironically, so, your plan A team, amazing special teams. We're going to get to that. Okay, there's right. a lot of similarities with my plan A team okay. to this one, yeah. but there's one big difference, and this is it. So here's here's one thing that I have. Here's a problem I have with Scott Frost's uh, coaching staff. Jonathan Rutledge, he's the new special teams analyst. But he's not a coach. No. He's an analyst. They yeah. do not have a dedicated I know. special teams coach. And I think that's wrong. I don't I think do. that's how you do it. I do, too. I mean, I definitely think you should have a dedicated special teams coach. I think that Nebraska fans were expecting that to happen. Yeah. It just kind of didn't. No. You know, it's odd. We'll I, see. I, I, we'll, we'll, see we'll see. I'll tell you what. It's going to look better in 2020 than it did in 2019 because, I mean, homie couldn't make a kick in, in right. 2019. It's going to look better than that. So I'm, I'm going to venture a guess that Scott Frost knows more about football than I do, and maybe he's doing the right thing. One would venture that guess to be accurate. Yes. Okay. All right. Last segment for the Nebraska Cornhuskers or any team would be breaking down the schedule. We're going to do over-under – the biggest game and scariest game we used to do the curb stomp game. Since there is a lot of curb stomp teams that have been pulled out of the schedules, we're not going to do that anymore. Okay. All right. So now we will get into the schedule portion portion of the podcast uh, for Nebraska. So for Nebraska and every team, we're going to break it down the same way. Kind of, kind of where we see the schedule breaking, uh, you know, halfway, whatever we're going to do the biggest game, the scariest game and the over under. 
and just kind of give you our thoughts. So the over under is 4.5. It started at five. It's dropped uh, half a game. You can still get it at five or four, depending on the website you're at. I most recently found it just today at 4.5. So, which is exactly where it should be, by the way. I think so too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think so. Our friend, Mr. Honky on a, on the go big red yeah. cast. Great, great guy, guy, great cast knows his stuff. He broke it down in halves. First four, last four. He okay. actually did a, um, poll where he conceded the first game versus Ohio state sure. as a loss. And then said, what do you think the record will be for the next three games, mm-hmm. which are Wisconsin, at Northwestern, Penn State. So to redo that, they start out with at Ohio State, Wisconsin, at Northwestern, Penn State. Yeah, it's a tough That's start. That's about as tough as you can draw it up, right. correct? Yeah. And I guess this gets into the tinfoil hat. Did the Big Ten stick it? Did they do the old fister to <sighs> Nebraska? They might after. have. They might have. But, I mean, yeah. this they had Ohio State on the, the schedule. Right. They had Penn State on the schedule. The one that they lost was Rutgers. Obviously, you want Rutgers on the schedule. So, could it have happened? Or do you if you're a Nebraska fan? Well, it's split. I, it's split. Okay. I, I feel like, okay, tons of Nebraska fans are like, we got screwed. This is BS. But there's a ton of Nebraska fans are like, we just wanted football. Bring it on. Okay. I saw none of the former. I saw all of the latter. I saw both. See, I just didn't see it. And I made a comment to somebody like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't see it. I just see Nebraska fans just saying, look, this is a schedule. We, we don't want to dodge anybody. We want to play the best. I would say about 200 likes, just a simple, yep, non, yep, nothing, nothing tweet. I would say, you know what? I know I said 50 50. I would say the majority of Nebraska fans are just like, we're just happy to have football, bring it, bring it on. Bill Moose, I'm disappointed in, and I there's other Nebraska yeah. fans. He 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 whined. He a did whine. Bit. He did that. Whine. That wasn't a good look. He it wasn't. But then that, course, that wasn't representative of the fan base. But then of course the national media has to take of one course. little clip. They took it too and far. And just project it to the entire fan base. So okay, looking at those first four games. Okay, so again at Ohio State, Wisconsin, at yeah. Northwestern, Penn State. If they can figure out a way to go two and two. Oh gosh, that, that would be awesome. Right. Yes. To go two and two through that. Oh, fantastic. Most would concede a loss to Ohio State, split Wisconsin, Penn State, and win Northwestern. I think, I think if you do that, that's a huge win for the first half of the season. The other crazy thing compared to how Nebraska's schedule was to how it is, it was easier to start out with and then got harder at the end. Do you remember that? That's correct. It, it has completely flip-flopped. Gosh, it really has, hasn't it? I don't think that is great for Nebraska. No, I it's think not. The last want... schedule, I get confused. There was one schedule before that. Yeah, this is the, the third. One. Yeah, this is the third. But, like, I believe this is a team that would have benefited from rolling right. into the and season, kinda... not having the season punch them in the face to begin. Right. As an analogy, we can use Minnesota from last year. Easy non-conference, just skated by the first three games, barely won them, but gained confidence. And that's what I was looking for Nebraska this year. Yeah, they, they're getting punched Completely in the different. face from from the first week. So then the last four games, Illinois at Iowa, at Purdue, and then finish up with the Golden Gophers. So it is so, you know, to break that down to to you know f- to go four and four 
with that schedule because we are looking at. I mean, to like, be honest with you, four and four would be a solid season. Correct, one hundred percent. Which is which is why when I saw that the over under for the season total came out at five, that's why it's dropped. That's that was that seemed high because all I'm going to name the teams that I could see Nebraska losing to. Okay, you tell me if I'm if I get off. Okay. Ohio State, Wisconsin, yep. Northwestern, Penn State, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, Minnesota. I'm sorry. I could see them sure, losing. Sure, in any week you could lose any one of those games. Now, for sure. you wouldn't expect them to lose to no. Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue. No. I would expect, if things go well, that they win. That's three teams right, right. there. Am I am I being crazy Okay, here? so you want to know the way I look at the schedule? Okay. Forget about Ohio State. Forget about Penn State. You got okay. six games. You so got that's, six- you're that quick. I'm not saying they can't beat Penn State. They could. I mean, this is a crazy year. A lot of crazy college football. They could beat Ohio State. It's just, it's probably not going to happen. I expect that game to open up at a 21 to 23 point spread. Okay. What do you think the Penn State at home is going to be? What spread? 10 points? I'd have to, I mean, obviously we're four games. Seven points? I would say closer to 13. You think so? Okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm just saying, forget those games. Who cares? We're not, that's not who you're comparing yourself to yet. So you got six games left. You got to beat the ones that you should beat. Northwestern, you got to beat Illinois, you got to beat Purdue. That leaves three games left. Wisconsin? Five. Uh, After those three. No, I'm talking about, forget about Ohio State. Forget about Penn State. You got six games. Okay, so you got to beat Northwestern. You got to beat Illinois. You got to beat Purdue. So it comes down to Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. Okay, so biggest game. What are you going to do in those games? Biggest game of the year, who you got? I mean, I still, I'm still going with Iowa. I would go to Iowa too. Okay. I, I, I think you could. So I've heard enough Nebraska podcasts where they're still comparing themselves to Ohio State, Penn State. And it's, okay, we, we've got to be. Yeah, but let's be there. realistic. We got to get over the Iowa hump first. Yes, that, exactly. And Correct. to be honest with you, the Iowa Minnesota hump, and I know that it, it's been. A even match to to Nebraska has been better than Minnesota since they've been in the Big Ten. Okay, yes. I, I don't want to put too much weight on last year, but that's a two game look right there. Iowa, Minnesota, you go two and zero versus those teams, things are looking good right. for this year. And then you can start thinking about competing with Penn State, which Ohio would State. probably be next year. Yeah. Okay. Um, scariest game, they're they're out here. Okay, there's a couple of them. I, I know which there. one I like. Okay, go at Northwestern because yeah. if you don't win that, let's. So you're gonna be you're gonna be dogs against Ohio State. You're gonna be dogs yep. versus Wisconsin. If you lose to Northwestern, you got Penn State next week. You're looking zero and four straight in the face. That is the scariest game. Yeah, yeah. You just convinced the other game that I looked at was at Purdue, sandwiched between Iowa and Minnesota at the end of the year. That is more depending on how the year goes. Correct. Yes. But first one up, I agree. Yeah. North, Northwestern is the scariest game. So, okay. All righty, right, man. That's that's Nebraska. My plan B team. <laughs> if things start going south for the Illini, go Huskers. Speaking of the Illinois fighting Illini, last five years, 20 and 41, that breaks out to a four and eight record. Their high is a six and seven record just last year. Made a bowl game. Low two and ten in 2017. Last year, as we said, they were six and seven. This is Lovey's fifth year in Champaign. We're calling them the defensive coordinator, right? I have in 
No, no, there's no, no calling him. He is he the is. defense. He doesn't. There's so, no co. There's no. He's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. Do we, is is this his second year as the DC? Yes, it okay. is. All right. Rod Smith, third year as offensive Correct. coordinator. Okay. We will start with offense. We got a high number of offensive starters for the Illini. We got nine. We went from the right. high number of Nebraska to the high number of Illinois. Last year uh, for Illinois, 115th in total offense. That's 330 yards per game. Points per game, quite a bit better. 79th at 26.7 points per game. Um, Before we get going, I just want to make a big deal out of this. I love wide receiver Josh Bebe. Josh Bebe. Not only is he a talented wide receiver. Very talented. He is a talented brain. His brain is probably better than his body. And he's got an amazing body, I think. Yes. I mean, I mean, as a... Well, you know, athletic. Yeah, we say that as with a staunch history of heterosexuality. <laughs> so... Big fan of Josh, and we just want to make sure. Like tweets are amazing. He's just I don't know. Well, I, and, as I've and, been saying, I've been trying to. I think I did a hashtag a matter Bay Bay twenty forty eight for president. Anyways, I just wanted. To but he was he was leading the charge for the Illini to go back to playing. This yeah. guy loves football, wants to play football. There was a bunch of Illini doing the same, but he was number one. And the, this this guy is just so like cerebral. For, for his age, he is so advanced. Like, if you listen to him talk, if you listen to an interview with him. I think what the terminology is, he has an old soul. He does. He, he does absolutely does. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's really destined to be, I don't know, an English professor. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hopefully he'll do better than that. Well, that would okay. be selling himself short. Yeah, I'm, I am selling him short. You're right. Okay. <laughs> All right. A CEO. How about a CEO? CEO. CEO would be good. All right. So... I think we kind of did this for Nebraska. Good place to start with Illinois. This is a good offensive line. Well, I disagree with you. Okay. It's not a good offensive line yet. It's kind of like Nebraska. They've got good pieces. These guys have been playing together for for three years now. This is the fourth year, basically. Four of these guys have been playing together. They did not perform. They underperformed last year in the run game. They underperformed in the pass pro game last year. I am challenging this offensive line to have a good year. Because if you remember in 2018, they were second in the Big Ten in rush yards per game. They were 12th in the country in rush yards per game. What the heck happened last year? I I think you could go so far as to say the lack of rushing production from the Illinois team, which obviously you're going to put squarely on the offensive line, was one of the more perplexing things in all of Big Ten. Well, I can tell you what it comes down to. It was... It was having a running quarterback versus not having a running quarterback. A.J. Bush to Brandon Peters. Is, okay. that, that was the big change. But, look, you guys, you're, you're, you got uh, three seniors on this line that have all been playing together, and then you got a junior who's, been, who's now in his third year playing, and then you got one more at the right guard position, which if you're, look, if you're super deep-cut guy for football, watch the right guard position for Illinois. I'm not sure what's going on there yet. We had a transfer from Wofford, an FCS All-American, who is now not going to play this year. Got shoulder surgery, so we don't know who's going to play. Watch the right guard position for Illinois this year. All right. It's an X factor. Um, That definitely is an X factor. I can speak from experience with that. Um, Staying with 
the receivers. We well, we talked about Josh Matter Bebe. Let's all welcome back Luke Ford. Oh, and are we welcoming well, him on. back or I don't know. Is Mark Emmert going to let him play this year? We don't know. So an eleventh hour issue could come up. We don't know. Okay, so here's another. So the, the offensive line, I I can say, is similar to Nebraska, where they've got talent there, they got experience there. So you got to show me. Tight ends are similar too. Nebraska has good tight ends. Illinois, by the end of the season, could possibly have the best tight end trio in yep. the entire country. I mean, it b- wouldn't be before, crazy to say before that. Before you scoff at that, any non-Illinois fans, they technically have a, re- a returning starter in Daniel Barker. Right. Who's good? He he had a very very solid year last year. He uh, he was great in the clutch. He's the one that caught the, the pass to beat Michigan State, for instance. Had a handful of touchdowns. A breakout year for Daniel. What I'm saying is that's the type of tight end you'd be lucky to have as your number two tight end. Correct. Assuming that our boy, Mr. Luke Ford, is the guy. He he isn't just a great story because we want him eligible. The dude is a unit. Yes, he is. He's a unit. He is a unit. And let's not forget about Daniel Imaturbebe, the transfer from USC, who got a waiver to play this year. What do you know about that? A, A tight end transferred to Illinois. Got a and getting a waiver to play this year. So they got three really talented tight ends on this team. I would assume he's probably related to Joshua Matter, baby. Wait, uh, let me look that up. Oh, yes, he is his older brother. Yes. Shock. Shocking. Okay. As we've learned in this podcast, having older brother around, very valuable. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Especially if they're from Carthage. <laughs> so, okay. So we've kind of established the old line. Good needs to be better. Wide receiver. Yeah. Tight end. We've we've got receiving talent. Okay, let's we go. To, do have let's, go to, let's go to quarterback. All right. Yeah, Brandon Peters. Yeah, this is good. All right. We mostly need to talk about uh, Brandon Peters' cranium. It is a. It's an. It's a big part of the Illinois team. What we're yeah. getting at is, and we don't. Mean, I don't mean to make too much joke about it, but he seems to be prone to <laughs> brain sloshing around in inside school. You're talking about being concussed. Yes. Yes. So yes. that's that's my probably my number one concern for the University of Illinois college football team this year is Brandon Peters staying healthy. Injuries in general. Well, injuries in general, but specifically Brandon Peters. If he takes a big hit and gets another concussion, he could be out for the rest of the year. If that happens, is Matt Robinson or Juice Williams coming in? Juice Williams. Okay. Juice Williams 2.0, 2.0, the one, the other, Illinois. The, okay. So it would be, yeah. I, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to be Matt Robinson. But however, since you brought it up, how are they going to use Isaiah Williams, Isaiah Williams this year? Backup quarterback. When he's not doing that, are they going to put him at wide receiver? I think they got to use this guy. Got to so get him on the field. There was a point. Packages. When he, when We're he, all about packages here. When he was a five-star athlete. Not quarterback, five-star athlete. athlete. He got downgraded to a high four-star and then, of course, committed to Illinois and became a lower four-star. <laughs> but, you know, Illinois is eventually going to use him as a quarterback. But I think this year they have to get him on the field as a multi-purpose, Agree. you know, yeah. running back, wide receiver. And I would go so far as to say if he doesn't get on the field this year, he's kind of a flight risk, I think. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I could I, see I, I that. I mean, uh, you know, make a conspiracy theory. But he does want to be a quarterback. So, right. so I, that's why that's why I'm all about 
packages, baby. Give me some packages. Right, but I think ultimately he, he has to be practicing at quarterback most of the time and then doing some, as okay. you say, packages. Okay. With that being said, there is potential on this offense. It, oh, for it, sure. It should not be an offense that is – like it'll have – It'll have moments of time where maybe they don't look great, but it should never be an offense that's just, you know, out cold for the whole game. This should be a good offense. It should. And some of this is going to come down to play calling. Yeah. Rod Smith kind of gets nervous sometimes. So they were bad on first down last year. Yeah. And once they got bad, at, once they didn't gain yards on first down, oh, man, it was just like panic time. Yeah. I, I want to see a little bit better play calling and a little bit less panic from Rod Smith. One of these days, I'm going to write a paper, and it's called it's going to be called The Importance of First Down. We, we always talk about third down. Oh, first down is so, so big. First down's huge. Okay. All right. Totally different thing. All right. Now, we're going to switch to the defense. Again, you can kind of throw this out here. Returning starters, we're going to kind of work with five, I guess, last year. Yep. You might not understand this, but this was the better side of the ball. 77th in total defense at 408 yards per game. 54th in total defense at 26.2 points per game. Those are okay numbers. They're okay. But the way Illinois really made a difference was playing lovey ball and yeah. forcing turnovers forcing turnovers they forced turnovers at a insane amount like video game amount turnovers yeah. so they, they were number one in the country for a long time in the in, in like deep into the season and i think they were number one by the end of the season still in scoring defense like defensive scoring numbers and a lot of those turnovers that we saw were from the secondary. Um, Nate Hobbs, Sidney Brown, Tony Adams, who had one of the best nose for the ball, not only in the Big Ten, entire country. Okay. Yeah, fair. Wanna, go ahead, finish, and I'm going to say something. Well, what I would say is I the, the, the this defense is predicated on the turnover. Do you think they can continue that? I don't think they continue. I actually have not, this in my notes. Not they what they did last. They cannot continue, no. the, but they just need to be high-ish. Correct. Okay. Okay, but Tony Adams, want to hear something crazy? Sure. So Always. he started the, the year last year at safety. Did okay, but he had – so I guess overall, if you grade him overall, he did pretty well, but he had some bad plays. They moved him back to cornerback, and he became the guy that you're talking about. He's back at safety. Okay. So I, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. But Illinois has pretty good cornerbacks. So I guess they're just trying this to get the best a, people on the, on the field. This is an instance of we've got three really good defensive backs. We want to get them all on the field at the same time. Correct. Because Marquez Beeson, the super recruit, who had an ACL last year in camp. I love that. Had an ACL. Had an ACL. Yep. In camp, the reports were he was the best cornerback in camp. Okay. As a true freshman. Okay. So I, I guess what they're... Then had the ACL. Then had the ACL. Sat out the whole season. Now he's so back. Now he's back. So you got Hobbs Still on. has an ACL. It's just that it's working now. Hopefully it's repaired. It's, it's, it's Let's see. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. So you got Hobbs on one side, Beeson on the other side. So they're just trying to get the most talent in the field, I guess. Okay. Secondary is good. Let's talk about the front seven. Or do you want to talk about the front seven? Yeah. I want to talk about the okay. front seven. All right. We got... I like Jake Hansen. 
So Jake Hansen was their best defensive player last year until he got injured. Yep. He's back. And then everyone shifted over to Dele Harding because he was doing great things with turnovers, pick sixes. I did just kind of, yeah. So what are we thinking? What what are the bright spots front seven? All right. What are the, where are we looking at? All right. So I, I feel confident in the linebackers. You got Jake Hansen. You got you got um, Tolson on the strong side. You got you got Eifler on the weak side. Milo, Milo Eifler. My problem is the defensive ends. Defensive ends. The two starters are seniors. They There's have a reason they haven't played much up to this point. Yeah. So on the, on on the weak side, Gay is is finally coming along at the end of the year, but he's a little undersized. We just don't have anyone to rush the passer. I'm feeling solid about the defensive tackles. They've got a couple um, transfers that come in, but the defensive ends scare the crap out of me. I've typically thought that getting pressure on the quarterback also very important. It's kind of like getting off blocks and tackling. Big, big part of my defensive philosophy, just, you know, in general. Yeah. So I was also being facetious there. So they may get eaten up in the pass game. And everyone's going to blame the defensive backs. It probably yeah. is going to be the lack of pass rush. Yeah. Okay. So we got some work to do there. So Lovey's pretty good at dialing up blitzes at the right time. Yep. But I don't know. You can't rely on that all the time. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the position groups. <laughs> you must. Yeah. Yep. It's the special teams. Oh, thing. yeah. Okay. Baby. Who? I mean, it is. I don't think I'm being like crazy to say that this could be the best kicker punter tandem in the country i mean it has to be it has to be right it has to be it's so and let's say has a long iowa snapper has, iowa has for example has a very good kicker but it's a brand new punter illinois it, it, they got both in spades so let's not forget the long snapper ethan tabell has never missed a snap in his entire career he <laughs> comes even going, back we're, even going down we're going that snapper. deep you want to talk about deep cuts james McC- james mccourt the kicker beat wisconsin last year Blake Hayes is, he's a wizard. He's, he's, he's you know he has a magic you know left he, foot. He does, you know what he is? He's that pool player that just all of a sudden like bends the ball. He like, it, it just like circles around, you know, the seven ball puts the ball. Like that's the stuff he can do. Correct. Yeah. Trick shots. He's trick shots. Look, can we call him trick shots this year? We can, we can call him anything positive. Okay. So say hey, special teams is a big deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. We don't talk about it enough. And to be honest with you, Illinois has some of the best in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, Lovey Ball is about special teams and turnovers, right? All right, let's go into the schedule. So interesting that the biggest win of last year for the Illini, first game of the year in Wisconsin. How do you feel about that? Revenge game. Yeah? So not oh, yeah. so good. So um, – do you think that uh, somebody may have had something to do with that? That's is that the thought process? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe almost like a little bit of a little bit a, like Nebraska. Okay. All Maybe. right. So to start the year out, we'll break it down in in two halves again. So at Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota, at Rutgers. As far as the first four games go, you could definitely do worse than that. Correct. You want to get off to a strong start in every year. We would assume that the first game of the year with Wisconsin, that's going to be. A tough game to sure. win, correct? But then Purdue, Minnesota at Rutgers. Okay. Very plausible that they could come out of that two and two. Sure. Not likely, but if they could come out of that three and one, 
I would have one of the happiest podcast partners in the history of podcast partners. Oh, man. I mean, so I've said this many times on the podcast. They play well against teams like Wisconsin, Iowa. Forget the 6-3-0 game. That doesn't count. But teams that play them straight up, Illinois plays well against those teams. Agreed. So I'm not saying they're going to beat Wisconsin, but they're it's not an unwinnable game. Purdue, winnable game. Minnesota, winnable game. Because more of the come straight at you type of deal. Right. Yep. At Rutgers, should, win, should win that game. Correct. Okay. Last four games of the year at Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa at Northwestern. So we're just going to go ahead and throw that Ohio State game. Correct. That's a loss. That's a loss. Okay. At Nebraska as a win, not inconceivable that that can happen. It's not inconceivable. However, they just don't play well against teams like that. Okay. They they were close to winning the game last year, but if you look at the numbers, they got crushed in that game last year. Nebraska tried to give it to them. They didn't want it. They gave it back to Nebraska. I, I'm, I'm chalking that up kind of as a loss. Interesting. Okay. Iowa, also like Minnesota and Wisconsin, it's a team that comes right I think right that's at you. one they could win. I agree. Definitely could win. At Northwestern. This is the revenge game right yeah, here, baby. Yeah. That is the revenge game. I don't care if you haven't won side. one game. You got to win that game, baby. Okay. So let's break it down into the biggest game. I'll let you start. You're the Illini fan. All right. So what I've learned really studying doing this podcast is if you're a team like Illinois, you got to win a game early. I'm going with Purdue. That's what I got, too. Okay. I got Purdue. And by the way, I forgot to mention before, I apologize to Kurt and all Illinois fans. Three and a half is the over-under for wins for the Illinois fine line. So if you go over, you're at four and four. I don't exactly know how this is going to break down, but that would be a bowl game, which would be a continuation of last year. Again, perfect over-under. It is. That's absolutely perfect. So biggest game of the year, I also have Purdue. Scariest game of the year, I think, Maybe you've already kind of touched on it, but Nebraska is a scary game of the year for me because you got, you know, Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers. Okay. So if you went into that game, potentially, I think odds makers would say either two and two or one and three Mm -hmm. going into that game. If you lose versus Nebraska with Ohio State up after that and Ah. Iowa up after that, you don't win that game. That's scary. That's a great point. So as an Illini fan, I always pick out the worst game or the worst team and say, oh, I don't want to lose to that yeah. team. Yeah. It was Eastern Michigan last year. Yep. We lost to them. Yep. So it's Rutgers. It's Rutgers. Okay. It scares the I get crap it. out of me. I get it. And, I and, mean, and the like, definition of scary is a game that you shouldn't lose that you do. Right. And I really have a lot of confidence in Chiano. I don't think he's, he's going to just him. turn around and no. make it a great team or, uh, you know, competitive They're going to be better, team. though. They're going to be better. We They're going to be, be better. better. Yeah. It scares me. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. That gets us through Illinois, right? It does. Yeah. Looks like I need a, another tug of some bullet bourbon, man. Free bullet bourbon. There's there's bullet bourbon, and then there's free bullet bourbon. This is the best bullet bourbon there is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, yeah. Doug the Carthaginian. <laughs> Still can't spell it. No, can't even say it. I am Jeffrey DeGree. And I am Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.